Do you know where your taxes are going? How much is going to the pandemic response, to COVID-19 testing, to contact tracing, to the salaries of our health workers? It's the final budget deliberation under the administration of President Rodrigo R. Duterte, whose term ends next year. The House of Representatives aims to approve the record budget on second reading by September 30, before lawmakers take a break for the filing of certificates of candidacy for the upcoming national elections. In this B-side episode, Ziza Suzara, Executive Director of the Institute for Leadership, Empowerment, and Democracy, or ILEAD, speaks with Business World reporter Kyle Tietienza about the 2022 budget, which partly reflects the country's pandemic recovery plan. In other words, is the government putting its money where its mouth is? Why is it important for the public to closely watch the budget deliberations? It's really important for ordinary citizens like us and um, the broader civil society to watch the current budget deliberations precisely because this involves taxpayers' money. And so even if part of the national budget will actually be financed by loans, loans are still going to be paid for by taxpayers' money. And secondly, it's really because fiscal interventions or fiscal policy is really necessary in order for us to recover from this um, pandemic and the economic crisis that happened because of this pandemic. It's so important for us to know what exactly the government wants to do and what it really wants to do is reflected in the national budget. It's not really in the public statements that officials make day in and day out during their um, press conferences. The Duterte government only earmarked 4% of the 2022 budget for the pandemic response, amounting to $240 billion. What does this say about the Duterte government's pandemic recovery plan? By sheer amount, that looks like it's huge, but that's just a small percentage of the total national budget for 2022. So if you might recall that the proposed total national budget for 2022 is actually 5 trillion pesos. What's more important actually to look at is not the sheer numbers that's um, included there because that will definitely include regular budgets for things like salaries of healthcare workers, the operations of the DOH, and maybe other government agencies who are part of the pandemic response. What's more important to look at are actually the very specific programs that are part of it. And it was revealed in the recent hearings, both in the lower house and in the Senate, that It's actually inadequate. For one, the funds for vaccines are not part of the program appropriations, meaning what's going to be guaranteed to be financed by our um, revenues. It's actually part in the unprogrammed appropriations. And when it's that portion of the budget, it kind of symbolizes that it's actually second priority, you know, the procurement of vaccines and will be funded by loans. And we're not even sure where those loans will be coming from. Another important item that needs to be part of that um, whole pandemic response is budgets for contact tracing. And the last few hearings in both the lower house and Senate revealed that there's actually no budget for contact tracing, neither in the budget of the DOH or the budget of the DILG. You might recall that the budget for contact tracing was previously in the budget of the DILG, but there's nothing for that in the proposed 2022 um, budget. There's also nothing by way of increasing testing. And we know that for granular lockdowns to work, we need contact tracing and we need massive testing. 
but there's no additional budget to increase testing capacity. What's in the budget of the DOH are funds to buy testing kits, not to expand laboratories or to put up um, new ones. The fourth one that's lacking are the special risk allowances and other benefits of healthcare workers. And they've already been protesting the past few weeks because of the delay in the payments of those allowances. And unfortunately, there's zero budget for that in the proposed 2022 national budget. So even if it might sound like it's billions of pesos that will be allocated for um, the pandemic response the fact of the matter is it's lacking and that's a very small percentage of the total proposed national budget in 2022. Why is this very important? It's really because we have to solve the public health crisis first before we can be able to tackle the economic recovery. And so if government does not significantly invest in public health allocations, then we might have a problem in actually solving um, the pandemic. The DBM's approval of budget proposals depend on the absorptive capacity of a government agency. State auditors earlier found that the DOH had $67 billion worth of unused and misspent funds in 2022. Shouldn't the government find ways to help the DOH address its utilization issues? This is a problem that's been existing not only during the pandemic, but even um, during pre-pandemic. But certainly, there are ways that can be done in order to try to expedite the um, spending capacity of government agencies. For one, DBM and perhaps DOF and the DOH can probably talk to COA and find a way to perhaps relax relevant rules. There was already an attempt to try to expedite procurement when the government actually allowed emergency procurement. But then, We've seen um, problems related to irregularities and mismanaged funds in the procurement um, service of the DBM. What I'm trying to say is that these are governance issues. And part of the problem why government agencies have a hard time spending is because there's really no coherent, no comprehensive plan to battle the pandemic. And if it's not there, then government agencies will really just have a hard time implementing and prioritizing what things they should be implementing. So without that kind of leadership, without efficient governance, then we're really up to a bigger challenge that might actually cause delays in solving both the public health crisis and the economic crisis. Health Secretary Francisco D. Duque III earlier told lawmakers that the budget department turned down or removed the DOH 50.4 billion allotment for health workers, allowances, and other benefits. Secretary Duque, however, said that the budget for the allowances and benefits of health workers is lodged in the proposed Bayanihan 3, which is still pending in the Senate. What do these cuts mean for the country's pandemic response? What are the potential impacts of these cuts on the country's healthcare system? The reason why the Senate in particular has not legislated by any country is because the DOF has not given them a certification that there are available funds to be used for um, by any country. And so in that case, I really find it unacceptable for Secretary Duque to say that they were expecting Bayanihan 3 to be passed and therefore expecting funds from it for the healthcare workers. Secretary Duque and Secretary Dominguez sit in the same cabinet. They probably meet daily during the IATF meetings. And so if there's lack of coordination among the cabinet secretaries, then what does that say about the whole pandemic response? If Secretary Duque does not even know that the DOF doesn't have funds for it, 
and that the law that would allow um, the funding of special allowance for um, healthcare workers has not been enacted. I think we really have a problem there of um, coordination and really governance among the cabinet secretaries. The executive branch allocated about $1.2 billion for the Build, Build, Build program. Will this really help us in building our way out of the pandemic? Can the Build, Build, Build project really build our road to recovery? I don't think relying solely on the Build, Build, Build program as a budget priority will help us in the recovery because of the nature of expenditures involved in Build, Build, Build. Build, Build, Build are primarily capital outlays or capital expenditures. And these take time to be dispersed precisely because they also take time to be implemented. Now, why is it important to consider actual disbursements when it comes to recovery? It's because actual disbursements of government are what's actually counted as government spending in the GDP. And if you see the spending performance of both the DPWH and the DOTR, we've seen a slowdown in terms of their actual disbursements since 2017. And so if that's the case, how do we expect actual disbursements of the DPWH and the DOTR to actually contribute to our economic recovery? Capital expenditures tend to be completed and accomplished two to three years down the road and perhaps even longer for the OTR, which implements more um, complicated infrastructure projects. So I really don't see this making an impact in the immediate term compared to, let's say, economic aid and cash transfers because those are fast dispersing types of um, expenditures. We are nearing the 2022 elections. There are fears that infra projects could be used for electioneering or could enable patronage politics. Are these fears valid? Very much so. Even the year before when the 2021 budget was being deliberated by Congress, ILID has already seen a huge spike in um, the local infrastructure program of the DBWH, where traditionally patronage-driven and less um, strategic projects like multipurpose halls, you know, small types of infrastructure in um, localities are actually lodged. But what's interesting in the proposed 2022 budget is the fact that the local program actually decreased by 89%. And you would think they have eliminated patronage-driven projects. But what would surprise you is that the convergence program of the DPWH saw a sudden surge of around 230-something percent. So from only about 50-plus billion pesos, it's practically at the same level as the local infrastructure program of the DPWH, which is nearly 200 billion pesos. And so when we check the line items, they were pretty much the same as the line items that used to be in the local program, but which were now chopped off and basically rebranded as local types of infrastructure leading to sustainability and things like that under the convergence program of um, DPWH. And that's definitely a cause for concern because you would also know that next year, the government will be implementing the Mandanas ruling, which means a significant portion of the fiscal space will be downloaded from national government to local government units. And part of those funds are actually supposed to be used for local infrastructure program because um, the Committee on Devolution basically said that among the functions that will be devolved to local government units, 
are the implementation of local infrastructure um, projects. But side by side with it, vis-a-vis the download of funds because of the Mandanas ruling, you see an explosion in the funds for um, local infrastructure projects. And so it makes you wonder why. Certainly, there might be some types of duplication in the projects that will be implemented under those um, funds of the DPWH and perhaps even the funds um, that went into the national tax allocation of the local government units. Ano po yung mga ibang budget that lawmakers will closely watch during the budget sponsorship and floor deliberations? Should we expect lawmakers to realign funds for social protection or safety nets? Aside from what I already mentioned, that they've been very, very closely watching the budgets for the pandemic response, particularly the public health um, allocations. Legislators have also been particularly interested in the budgets or the allocations for social protection, cash transfers, things like wage subsidies, stimulus, funds for micro, small, and medium um, enterprises. And many of the lawmakers in both houses of Congress have already been looking for that. And I recall during the first couple of hearings by the Senate on the TBCC, some have actually already expressed that they would like to see some reallocations of the funds. And even Senator Angara himself said that because Congress was unable to pass Bayanihan 3 due to the um, lack of certification from um, DOF, he actually said that the 2022 proposed budget should be the stimulus budget and therefore they will try to reallocate funds in order to provide some for ayuda, for fiscal stimulus as well. How will the upcoming elections affect the budget deliberations? Should we expect admin allies to join critics or the opposition in scrutinizing the budget to avoid being accused of condoning bureaucratic inefficiencies and possible corruption? I think because of the upcoming elections, specifically the filing of candidacy, which is growing um, near, Congress will definitely fast-track the budget deliberations. And House of Representatives Committee on Appropriations Chair Eric App actually said that they will try to finish um, the budget deliberations in the lower house by um, the end of September. As for former allies or maybe even current allies joining opposition um, legislators in criticizing the budgets and actually interpolating them. I think we've already started seeing that as early as when all of these issues regarding um, the inefficiency, the underspending, and the mismanagement of funds of DOH, and most especially during the recent hearings on how the procurement service actually spent the 42 billion peso fund that was transferred to them by um, the DOH. So definitely, I think that is something that we can expect, and we're actually already seeing that now in the House and Senate deliberations. A Supreme Court ruling named after Batangas Governor Hermelando Mandanas clarified the share from the Internal Revenue Allotment or IRA of local governments does not exclude other national taxes. Will lawmakers also clarify which functions and budgets of national government agencies need to be devolved in line with the implementation of the Mandanas ruling? First and foremost, legislators will be interested in how much has actually will actually be downloaded to local government units because of the implementation of um, the Mandanas ruling. And definitely, lawmakers will also be asking the DBM, 
what functions will be devolved. Although the DBM has already previously stated that there will be no additional functions to be devolved other than those that are already in the local government code. Third point would perhaps be capacity development in line with the implementation of the Mandanas ruling. Because of course, these legislators know that local government units are riddled with um, capacity problems. And so in order to be able to use funds efficiently, in order for those funds to be allocated in the right priorities, then definitely there has to be a massive capacity building program that will be implemented by um, the national government. I think aside from the functions, but related to it, Lawmakers will also be interested in knowing what specific programs and projects of the national government agencies related to those functions will be eliminated from their um, respective budgets because the download of funds from the national government unit entails a really huge amount of the fiscal space. So that's nearly 1 trillion pesos of um, the 5 trillion peso budget of the Philippines for next year. I think lawmakers would be very much interested in that because I foresee that um, even civil society groups will be advocating for that as well and will be trying to nudge legislators to find out what those programs are because programs being reallocated or having um, funds slashed will mean beneficiaries might not actually be able to receive them. So there's actually some talk as well among civil society organizations what those programs and projects are and what the assurance is that local government units will actually be funding them in case they are chopped off from the budgets of national government agencies. How will you define the 2022 budget? Swak po ba ito para sa ating pandemic situation? How will this affect our pandemic recovery? The 2022 budget is basically not designed for um, responding to the public health crisis and better yet, addressing economic um, recovery. In order for our country to bounce back economically, the government, particularly the IATF, needs to first address the public health crisis. And if we don't see funds there um, for things like um, contact tracing, massive testing, boosting the public health um, system, and even providing risk allowances for health workers who are in the front lines, as well as funds for immediately buying the vaccines, then we're going to have a hard time containing um, this pandemic. And we'll probably just see a cycle of um, lockdown and reopening of the economy happening again and again. Secondly, it's really not an economic recovery budget as well because it's very much narrowly focused on the Build, Build, Build program. And as I explained earlier, Build, build, build program projects are capital expenditures which aren't fast disbursing. And in order for government spending to make an impact in our GDP, then it has to be spending for fast disbursing things like cash um, subsidies, stimulus for the many businesses, especially small businesses um, that have closed down. So in that sense, there needs to be a recalibration of priorities and I hope that legislators would indeed try to restructure the budget priorities that are reflected in the 2022 executive proposed version of it. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Ziza Sozara, Executive Director of the Institute for Leadership, Empowerment and Democracy, or ILEAD, speaking with Business World reporter Kyle T. Atienza about the 2022 budget. 
The Duterte government earmarked about 240 billion pesos for the country's pandemic response next year. That's just 4% of the proposed 5 trillion budget. And of that amount, 0% is for our health workers. This B-Side episode was recorded remotely on September 11. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening. Thank you.